coming up on the Naughtiest Naughty. Why you speaking all like this? You're sounding really weird. <laughs> Craig David. Craig David. <laughs> <laughs> arrival on the scene was the story of last week both of our episode winners but Liam didn't switch from Roger Sanchez and Scott still can't get Kylie out of his head Welcome to the Naughtiest Naughty. This is the podcast where me, Liam and Scott, Hi. we are going through the noughties from 2000 to 2009 and we are just going to try and find the best pop song basically looking at social impact, looking at whether they're still any good or not, if they've aged badly as some songs in previous weeks have. We'll get onto one very shortly mm-hmm. and um, it's a good chance for us to go back down memory lane as well. I think around this time now for 2001, me being five and a half year old, you Scott being 17, about to turn 18 in March. Yeah. It's a nice chance for us to relive memories. And I feel like now that I'm five, I'm starting to remember more stuff, like more songs feel fresh, more songs feel like they have attachment to them through like kids' birthday parties or just like <laughs> hanging with friends and stuff. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like at five old I'm becoming I'm becoming more like the Liam you know now. Yeah. That's weird because I'm probably I would have been like bouncing around to Chesney Hawks or The Locomotion <laughs> by Kylie Minogue, you know what I mean? So I was in a completely different camp to you. But yeah. I love that you're starting to come more conscious of these tracks which is pretty exciting stuff yeah yeah. I was at a point in my life actually where people in my year group had turned 18 now mm. so to go out for 18th birthday parties bouncers and stuff were aware that because it was an 18th birthday party half of the crew wasn't 18 yet yes. so you had to come up with strategic ways to kind of get in places Yeah. so locally very local to the town I could get in but if I went further afield you had to play it mm. wise it is a tr- it's a tricky age 17 to 18 because as you say half the group are and half the group aren't so when we were in college our little group of five of us I think we all had I think I was April and there wasn't the next birthday was August so for my 18th birthday we had to try and sneak the August friend in and it was just like a bit of an ordeal mm-hmm. but luckily we were clever and found out the pubs in Newcastle which didn't ID Yay. and um, there, was, there was like two two main ones that didn't ID that we, we were going to since we were like 16 uh, one of them is no longer here and one very much still is but I think under new ownership ah. and it's much nicer inside now one of them yeah but anyway let's go back to last week because we mentioned a song by City High uh, called What Would You Do it was controversial amongst us I think mm-hmm. they, they tried to make a very bold point and missed the mark fairly spectacularly so I, I, want, I want to pose the question to you because it has that sample of Dr. Dre in the next episode mm-hmm. which if you recall we spoke about at the very start of this series of this series too and is also pretty morally abhorrent but at least it doesn't try to be about anything important at least it knows it's just about being in the club and leering at girls and getting drunk and doing drugs so which do you object to more do you think city high or the next episode so are you saying that the next episode is is declaring what it is it's being honest about what it is throughout the song yeah at least they aren't trying to make a political point where city high have but they've just totally got it wrong yeah i think i think city high got it consistent with any message you would have received back yeah in that yeah, era yeah um it hasn't aged very well 
I think, you know, I think they're, they're pretty much kind of on a par. Mm. I did feel bad for anybody across the week that's been like, oh, City High is an absolute jam because then I've kind of slated it, but I thought, you know what it is, it's for good cause. Yeah. And then this morning, actually, while I was having my cereal, I was like, what can I put on? Because TV was shocking in the morning. So I put on like the dregs of not coming, trading places, you know, with Eddie Murphy off yeah. of the 80s. And I put, it was like halfway through and I pressed play and I started watching it. And then the info was still on the screen and it said that this film contains outdated views <laughs> and uh, approaches to life or something like that. And I thought, that's a really interesting way to put it. So you're kind of justifying the reason why it's still in the TV, but you're yeah. acknowledging that it has them out of date views. And I think that's like the, what you need, you need a disclaimer at the start of City High. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody would play it now, but, you know, we we need to put out disclaimers in front of the song, some of the songs yeah. before they go out. But I, I would say they're kind of on a par. I've got respect for the ne- next episode for being honest about what it is. Respect for City High for trying to tackle something, even though they were completely off the mark for it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's... Yeah, they're not comparable. I like that our role, you know, between City High and Ozone is just bringing these songs back to the public conscience who've been, you know, these, these songs have been forgotten for 20 years and it's our job just to put things right and just settle the scores and, <laughs> and and tell everyone why they're wrong if they like this. No, well, I think we, we, we just we just call it like we see it. Yeah. We're, uh-huh. we're, not, we're not trying to be like woke... I hate, I hate woke being as a weaponized term, but we're not trying to be like woke peacekeepers. We're just kind of like seeing how these songs have fared and some have fared badly Absolutely. As, as society has changed. That's just how it is. We're trying to not be too progressive that it's annoying. We're trying to not be too critical that we're an old 2002 journalist. Yeah. We're just going with it and we're very aware that we're two white privileged guys doing a podcast <laughs> that will include topics that we have never had to experience in our yeah. lifetime but here we are and that's why we ask for your thoughts thank you very much let's get some thoughts from our mostly white male audience um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it, I think it's quite diverse but we're always we're always open to more people getting involved if you've got any friends who you think might enjoy the podcast please do share it and um, yeah, sure. let's make this family please. even bigger let's get some thoughts from uh, Pick a Disc very simple from him he says Fat Lip from last week no question and he just says waits for next week it was it was, it was over before it even began mm-hmm. for uh, Pick a Disc but I, I take that on and uh, from Mark from Glasgow on Instagram he says good old Mary J Bridge now, <laughs> d- does he mean Mary J Blige or is the bridge in Family Affair so good that that became her nickname Mary J Bridge potentially yeah mm-hmm. he says Family Affair up there was the all time greats wow big words interesting I do think that I've been too hard on Mary J I have said it's like an introducing it's a jam and stuff and I don't think it did it as much justice still wouldn't have gone on my pot mm. and as for what Picadisc said about Fat Lip I was completely of that opinion until we had the conversation about Liberty X mm. and then and I've even told people across the week did you know they did this with a white label I've been buzzing about them all week and really really onto it we're going to say a big thank you to Player Pods right who was able to identify the song Liam thought was some 41 fat lip before he listened to it um, this was the bit that he actually knew and if it did him in a fat lip and as Steve says it's Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit, which is probably why he teased some 41 as new metal easy done he also says on last week's tracks Family Affair wins no contest here I would have been 15 when fat lip cropped up and was in my rotation uh, but there's something undeniable about Family Affair. Mm. See, I feel guilty again. Yeah, about that. I think you, you, you certainly praised it, but while acknowledging that it's not your thing, yeah. I think I think I think you gave it justice. Uh, and finally, from Reagan Vincenza, she says, "Fat Lip, what a song to end 
this episode on. Uh, thinking it over is first class. And finally, which gets us on today's episode, it's time for Slave for You. Seriously iconic jam, but have mixed feelings because as Can't Stop the Pop said, it started the end of the bubblegum pop era. Oh, yeah. So it's a bit sad in some ways. Well, we're going to get to Britney in today's episode. It is very much on this show. Do you want to know what's coming up? And I'm going to do it in the style of one of the songs we're talking about today. <laughs> Kylie should have been number one for another week, but she got high. Can you do some ooh-ooh-ooh sauce? Ooh-ooh. Britney shouldn't have shed her innocent look, but she got high. Ooh. Lincoln Park deserved to be higher than number eight, and I know why. It's not really work, this. Ooh. The British public are high. The public are high. The public are high. Da, da, There's da, Afro da, Liam. Da, da. There we Afro go. Afro Liam. That's so good. <laughs> uh, we've also got tracks from Mystique, you know, that Alicia woman yeah. that can actually rap, yeah. not like Liam. The Ones, <laughs> Usher, and Michael Jackson. But first. Okay, this is the week of the 14th of October, 2001. A track that was released this week but didn't quite make the top 10 was the debut single of The Streets from Mike Skinner. And this was their number 18. Has it come to this? Has it come to this? Original pirate material. You're listening to The Streets. down your aerial. Has it come to this? Original pirate material. You're listening to The Streets. down your aerial big deal i know you're a big fan of the streets you've seen them live yeah several times this just to freak me out because mm-hmm. it sounded so weird and i was you know this is one of these whole things where i'm very big on commercialized genres because it feeds people underground yep. so ukg sent people towards this yeah you know what i mean but this for me used to creep me out because i found it really trippy and really really weird mm. and then i came back to it by the second album and then it was like, actually, some of his stuff's absolutely golden. But this was so English to me. This is like the stereotype that I had of London mm. because of things like this. This is what I thought London looked like in suburban London looked like. Um, and then uh, it just it kind of made me fall in love yeah. with this kind of stuff. And I really loved it. Yeah, I really enjoyed this track. Even the the cover of the the album of uh, original pirate materials, the tower block in those kind of like moody brown colours. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And in the cinemas, a film we... Um, we've spoken about before I think Freddy Got Fingered came out in the UK <laughs> yeah it was for, for those who aren't aware we'll, we'll, we'll chat in a second but it was written and directed by Tom Green who um, also stars in the film it looks like he's made this film just to take the piss out of the studio system in Hollywood they gave him 14 million dollars oh and he spaffed it essentially on the most nonsensical absurd obscene mainstream film of all time um, the depravity in the film includes uh, he delivers a baby and then swings it round a hospital by its umbilical cord and blood oh goes everywhere God. He licks the bone sticking out of somebody's broken leg. He wears a deer like a coat, and he also jerks off a horse. To me, it's a misunderstood satirical masterpiece. And Tom Green... He loved every minute of it. He he won five golden raspberries. He attended the ceremony. He brought his own red carpet and he had to be dragged off stage because his harmonica solo went on too long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see, there's a real knack to getting your harmonica solos right on time. I've never been dragged off stage with mine. But uh, you've seen it, Scott. And um, your your thoughts on Freddy Got Fingered? I don't really remember it that much, you know. I remember that the lads that I used to sit with in my lecture theatres from a degree thought it was absolutely hilarious. (laughs) And I'm a bit So I was more Obsessed with Kevin and Perry In this era You know what I mean But I do remember Daddy would you like Some sausages It was just (laughs) It was shocksville for me It was really really shocking Yeah And can we kind of say That that was pure art Really Yes Yes Is it it art Yes Is is it art There we go Yeah Yeah, okay I think so Yeah 
So, speaking of shocking, this is the first time I think we really see Michael Jackson looking this... I might be wrong, but it's the first time we see him looking this kind of white and plastic-faced. I, 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 I forgot. I really forgot when I clicked the link on this YouTube video that he'd done that to his face. Yeah, I because there was a six-year gap between the last album and this album as yeah. well so we haven't seen him for for a long period of time but um for me he never performed this track no and no he didn't what i saw on the music videos was the three to four minute version yeah um and obviously with michael there's a lot of head down hat casting a shade so you don't actually see as much of his face but when you do watch the full version yes which is a big version it's yeah. a mini movie yeah. you see a lot of michael but um he never performed it so you didn't actually see as much of him as i remember in 2001 i've seen more today than i saw at the time as much as i remember and the fact it only got performed live twice might be the reason why i have got no recollection of this at all <gasps> even though it was a number two in the uk behind kylie michael jackson the king of pop and you rock my world the lead single from his 10th studio album Invincible his first in six years and it was Grammy nominated for Best Male Pop Vocal and had you never heard this at all Liam? I didn't recall it it reminds me a lot of The Way You Make Me Feel which I do know Okay, th- yeah. but this this I've got no recollection of Wow that's so strange so we're back to talking about my mate Sarah again who loved pop music mm. she was the biggest Michael Jackson fan so I knew this was coming before it arrived so everything in my world at Sarah's house pointed to you've got to see this you've got to hear this so mm. we waited for it to kind of come on the music channels because she was obsessed I've actually texted her today because she was obsessed with Usher too yeah. and I've been like which is better Usher you got a bad or Michael Jackson you rock my world uh, she's obviously gone Michael Jackson maybe I was a bit too obsessed and um, it turned out when I've read what the critics have said about it at the time um, I don't think she was wrong mm. really but at the time I remember being completely underwhelmed by it because it didn't hit my expectations but I didn't know what my expectations were yeah. and then when I've read some of the critics' responses today, they were like, there's nothing he could have done better than this because of the hype for him. Yeah. It was a massive, massive track, but it felt underwhelming because of his legacy. But some of the critics did say, if you give this to anybody, it's such a good song. If you give it to any pop star with the right marketing budget and kind of performance schedule, this would have been as massive as it was. But for me, this was massive because it was the whole, oh my God, Michael Jackson's back and it sounded funky there was dark elements to it yeah it's a dark child so it was weird because obviously this is like say my name yeah. Vice Girls yeah. Holler yeah. all yeah. of that kind of crack so you're, you're in this era and it was a very different sound you expect disco mm. with Michael or you expect thriller you know you expect Halloween you expect fun this was just a little bit different but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm surprised you haven't immediately been able to sing the whole chorus in your head well I can now yeah, but right. I couldn't before I listened to it yeah no it, it, it has stuck in my head in fairness and you know it, it is like a, to me it is kind of of like a quintessential Michael Jackson performance it is kind of like they've fed lots of other Michael Jackson songs into a computer and it's spat out a, a Michael Jackson song kind of thing for me look let, let's address the elephant in the room people have opinions about Michael Jackson things have been said about Michael Jackson I've seen Find a Neverland I get it 
we can happily ignore Michael Jackson if if people prefer and just talk about the fact it's a dark child because he's been such a big part of this series. Yeah. We may as well just skip skip straight to him. Where, where does this stack up for you as a dark child? Because I know you're a big fan of Holler for what that did for the Spice Girls. I know we've mentioned Say My Name and other Destiny's Child tracks that he did. This this one is different to those. Yeah. I think um, he finds a way to get the Michael Jackson-y bits out of Michael Jackson because being a producer is more than just kind of like mastering the sound and picking the beats and stuff. It is also kind of like what you get out of your performer and I wonder if Dark Child has encouraged more of those Dah! sounds from Jackson because it feels like there's one every other second in this song Did you were you irritated by the Dah! not particularly because I know the song you know what I mean so that is always been very much there for me so I didn't really notice them what I do feel like is I feel like Dark Child might have had to dilute the depth of the production mm. because of the the tone yes of when Michael sings yeah. and the how delicate it is whereas you know Mel C squealing over the top of Holler <laughs> can work with a big bass line yeah. whereas actually that level of heavy doesn't work for Michael Jackson no, at no, this no. point because when you think about it all of his you know you, you always, all of the production that he's had in all of his songs complement his vocals mm. so this was probably this feels like this might have actually been a really interesting challenge for Dark Child compared to anything they've had to do before yeah I, I, th- yeah. I think I quite agree I think Michael's lows are really nice in the verses I think the, the hook to me wasn't particularly stand out on a first listen because it's so ad lib heavy like yeah. it's so yeah it's so kind of mastered in a, in a weird way but look I think it's solid I think it's soulful and I can kind of understand why I've never heard it before yeah to, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, to me it's not a classic I don't think it'll ever be a classic but that for what would turn out to be Michael Jackson's final album yeah. this is this is solid, solid enough so in yeah. theory have you had any Michael Jackson tracks as part of your actual life there were hits um, apart from collaborations with like Justin Timberlake or something like that you know no okay because I obviously got quite a few but yeah this one was definitely the a very highly anticipated one and I think the last one before that that was really significant to me was Earth Song so this was very different to me yes music video wise we have got a 13 minute mini movie is that what you'd describe it as being yeah yeah because I think yeah. is, that, is that like a, a film structure that they've done on purpose you know what I mean would you say I only watched the first five minutes once I heard the gist of the song because I heard the song first then watched the video and I was kind of like I'm not interested in this particularly okay I watched all 13 minutes which was surprising for me because you know I'm I'm very much an activist in a short attention span so if you don't get me you don't get me but I watched it all uh, because I knew there was going to be a fight breakout Mm. and I wanted to see how the fight broke out because I did send you a clip I've only ever seen (laughs) Michael Jackson in some sort of a fight properly in Scary Movie 3 with Charlie Sheen where it's not really Michael Jackson so I wanted to see how close it was to the fight scene in Scary Movie 3 which is absolutely horrific yeah like it's it's bad it's just so awful for him yeah but it's interesting and I do love so it does start with Michael Jackson with a mate sitting perving on Girls in the Street and all of that kind of crack and you're like oh really are we perving at this point (laughs) and then he does step up and say Oh, I've been seeing her everywhere, and and like he is perving, but then he goes, "She's so pretty," mm. and I love the fact that that's his choice of words at that point because I've never really in that era sat with my lads and be like, "Sweet Sue, check that out." I've never gone, "Oh, she's so pretty." <laughs> so there's maybe a little bit of like nicety to it there, where in the world of everything in 2001 that's perving, he takes a different approach to it, and actually it's quite respectful. Yeah. So I did enjoy it, but yeah, I did I did watch it. I did want to give up on it but I stuck with it to see where it went and yeah it's got momentum for a bit it loses it a little bit and all of that kind of crack but yeah I just wanted to I wanted to give Michael Jackson a fair shot with this one because I usually don't listen 
to him in this day and age. Mm. On the point of pretty, do you think gentlemanliness died when Michael Jackson did? Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. The next new entry is Usher and You Got It Bad at number five. If you want to hear us chat about that, you'll have to wait until the 8th of February for TNNX because we had to cut this, unfortunately. Not enough time, too much talking about other stuff. And me and Scott were kind of uh, lukewarm about it to be honest. Sorry, Usher. Anyway, in the meantime, we've done a fair bit of French house on the show so far. Let's travel across the Atlantic to New York and see what funkiness they have to offer. This is The Ones and Flawless. samples a few things you've got the 1978 hit keep on dancing by gary's gang what a name <laughs> and then you've also got wordy rapping load by tom uh, tom club as well too all very subtle they're not lyrical samples or anything like that but no. you've pretty much got a very minimal chorus here and like just something like one one verse but this lights me up yes. and i have got it down as an intro juice yes mm-hmm. phase and eq love it's yeah th- this this track is all about the phase and eq love the only version on spotify is the seven minute version the funk investigation club mix no i wish it was longer <laughs> i could listen to like this for hours and hours and hours i've listened to it on loop a few times this week for a song that has the lyrics just like perfection like no other flawless absolutely flawless mm-hmm. that's my review of the track Basically, I, fi- I find it is flawless. The only flaw that I do have is that the intro is so high-pass filtered. I've never heard a high-pass filter that high before. <laughs> that the sounds that it makes, I thought it was going to break my headphones. Yeah. With just how, like, almost like surgical the, um, the, the, the what's left of the track is after it's been filtered out. The day I get sick of this track is the day I chop my own ears off. I love that they've described the track as the way the track is because yeah. I think we were lied to with the tamperer. Do you remember this track? That was a lie. It was. That was a complete and utter lie. This is how you do it. The one's flawless. I've got it down as a big bop. I love the blend of the funk with the campness. Yes. And there's like, there's something darker about the lower end of the vocals as well too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Sad news though, is they were a trio. Mm. And actually, Nashum from the trio is believed to have died recently of coronavirus. Yeah. In March, actually, in the early stages of it. Yeah. Kind of, like, so it must have been very early America if it was in March, because March was early UK, wasn't it, really? Yeah. So that, that's what's been reported. Uh-huh. I've read that too in a few places. And and I was just, I, I got there from reading about how the song came about. It's inspired by a film from 1999 called Flawless, which had uh, Bobby De Niro and Philip Seymour Hoffman, and actually Nasham was in that film. Oh. So that's, I guess, how the inspiration came about, because yeah. he was in that film and thought, oh, well, I'll make a song about that. Uh, his legacy is huge. I mean, his his drag competition he had called Mona Foot Star Search because he was a drag queen has been considered a likely inspiration for RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, wow. We've got a lot to thank Nashim for in that regard, yeah. but also this track is just, um, it's phenomenal. You've mentioned the samples there. There's also a Romeo and Juliet from Alec uh, R. Constantinos and the Synchophonic uh, Orchestra. Those three samples blended together mm-hmm. with the new additions that they've made and the 
the real live feel of the mix of how much filtering there is and how much kind of fiddling about there is. It's it's exceptional, really, really exceptional. And the video is is quite something as well. It's kind of like gay Daft Punk. Yeah. It's like those kind of like gay club Daft Punk vibes. It's all kind of scientific and people get beamed into space and it's just um, all their shiny costumes. It's glorious. Love it. I've got Camp Daft Punk vibes yeah. um, with Spacey and Trippy. And there was one, I, I'd only fl- I only noticed it as it flashed past me, but there's one bit where it looks like a scene from Greece. Mm. So there's a scene from Greece where is it a beauty school dropout yes, uh, kind of a yeah. thing um, where there's there's a part where girls have loads of rollers in their hair. Yeah. And I just had this quick thing and I just saw Greece for a split second and a mm-hmm. two bit. If you don't know this track and you've not seen the video, it's definitely one to go and, and check out. Because this for me kind of fits video wise in with Alcazar crying at the discotheque. It does. Yeah. Big time. We've got this like full spacey camp thing and those both make me really happy. And I'm ready for Sophie Ellis Baxter to now mm. do this track. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be really good if she hasn't already done so. Did you see Sophie doing uh, Dizzy Rascal Holiday on her Instagram on I Friday? It, yes. How good is that? Uh-huh. I was just loving life. I know. It's really yeah. good. I've actually started watching The Masked Singer. Yes. And I want to go back and see her performance to see what actually mm. happened yeah. with it. Because I'm, I'm enjoying it. It doesn't it doesn't like keep me completely hooked. No. But I'm just, I'm just more like interested to see who the hell it is. Me too. Yeah. The most interesting bit is the head coming off. Yeah. So I, I am intrigued. Like I'm not into the judges. No. I'm not really that into the performances. I'm just like wanting to see what the crack is. And actually the best bit of my week was the guy that got chucked out on Saturday mm. posting on socials filming his kids yeah. react not knowing that he was in the program yeah. so that was quite good but yeah I have, I've kind of enjoyed that a little bit but yeah. yeah the one's flawless you're absolutely right definitely flawless there was a time I was walking I remember where I was I was walking to uni I was walking through St Peter's campus to get towards the building where Spark is and I had this on and it was the verse bit of the naturally your entrance is grand red cup and rolls out it does put like a not a spring in your step because that makes it feel like it's a really joyous thing it just it just puts like a sort of catwalk sass into your step yeah. you do hear it and if, you, if you're feeling in a good mood in that day it can just make you feel like it yeah, like Naomi Campbell on the catwalk. Yeah. It makes you feel invincible. If you look at the YouTube comments, normally I try and pick out one or two that are kind of really insightful. A lot of them are just basically, this is the best house track of all time. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. I remember being in yeah. our upper sixth room and there being like a, like a kitchenette kind of a thing and a radio. And I can remember this being on the radio and it getting turned up because it was a good track. Mm. And in a room that was diverse with musical tastes, you know, political opinions and just style, people agreed yeah. when this came on. You know, this was this was cool to everybody. And that's that's a powerful thing to achieve through one house song with minimal lyrics. That is a that's a big feat. Especially in Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's, there's already a big there's already a big divide, yeah. Anyway. Horse or into Cynthia all the way. <laughs> So I messaged you this week saying this could be one of my favourite weeks we've had in a while. Since the one before Christmas, we'll have like Nelly Furtado and Sophie and other big names. This one, I mean, it could just be for this track coming up alone, but also there is the ones and more that are coming up. Anyway, I'll stop blathering and get straight to it. This is Linkin Park, their first single we cover on this show, number eight in the UK. It's it's huge. It's called In The End.
This is the second single of the debut album, Hybrid Theory. It's a hello to Linkin Park, mm. and it was a song that just became so much more personal to us whenever Chester took his own life in July 2017. Yeah. It was emotional before, and it really changed for everybody. I've got this down as a filthy, dirty intro juice yes, it from really the is. get-go. Yeah. Absolutely. How did you react to this, listening to it now? Um... Last week I was going to work, I was getting the bus, I when I, I was in Tesco when I started listening to playlists, and it was like Michael Jackson came on, yeah it's fine, Usher came on, yeah it's fine, The Ones came on, Love Life for a bit, then Linkin Park came on as I got sat on the bus and I cried, yeah, yeah, my, my face was damp, I felt myself kind of get emotional, I had to kind of like shield my face from the public view for a little while just because I felt I felt very overcome and I, and I don't know if it's because of Chester Bennington and, and what we know about him since you know he took his life four years ago and how it links to the song and the the whole vibe of in the end it doesn't really matter it that that really takes on a new meaning i think the song is emotional on its own yeah. and i think there's a real like rote emotion and pain to it that it would would be emotional enough even if what happened didn't happen i, I just think this is really really special really uh, unlike anything else we've done before we've, we've done a lot of new metal tracks on this show already but none of them none of them are like this at all and i think there was somebody made a point and i'm trying to find my notes for this are bigger than any week we've ever had so far to be fair this is this is one of the biggest ones yeah metal hammer they said that um this song was a far cry from the rest of new metal's frat boy pop Posturing, and they cited Limp Bizkit's hedonistic heavy metal cliches, saying that instead Linkin Park channeled their pain and buckets of teenage angst into their songwriting. Mm-hmm. So this is very different. How did it make you feel? Um, it threw me back to specific scenarios. Like I can remember being drunk and air guitar and two in clubs. Yeah. And then loving it. You know what I mean? And then also doing that again, but having drank some different stuff and then being like, oh my God. You know, whenever you just cling on to a specific notion within the yeah. song. Yeah. Them being like pure deep and like, in the end, it doesn't really matter. And then obviously it immediately now takes me to Chester and you, you hear it completely differently. Yeah. And I think of it as just this like massive cry in this song for anybody who has suffered at the hands of a sexual abuser. Yeah. And it 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 feels like it's I think the word you used was special, and you're absolutely right. And it's it was always special, yeah. but it's changed now for me. I've not actually written very many notes, and <laughs> the reason why is because I was so sucked in by it. Yeah. And then I've listened to it, I've done all my stuff, and I must have felt like everything about it was in my head, and then I've realised, should have not actually written that much stuff down about it. But Yeah, I, I got sucked in, but I, 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 want, I wanted to know as much as possible. Yeah. I, I, just, I wanted to know everything about why this came about and what went into it and how it's lived since. I mean, the fact that... Uh, this this got me really jealous is the fact that when this is performed live yeah. that they would kind of typically just throw the mic out of the crowd and let them sing the chorus and I just I can't imagine anything better or more emotional or just more kind of spiritual than being there when that song was being sang and and the the the, the, the chorus I mean it's such a it's such a doomy outlook genius have kind of said that it, it the chorus is what they call existential nihilism, which posits that personal accomplishments and even life itself are without inherent meaning. Mm-hmm. God, if that isn't so true in 2021, after the year we've had that things that seemed so important before now seem pretty meaningless. I mean, not to the extent of this where it's screaming and it's, you know, it's 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 very very dark. Oh yeah. But I mean, for some people, it probably is as yeah. as dark as this. This 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 obviously appeals. It obviously did so well for people like you who were getting drunk and air guitar into, but also those who really felt this. I I mean, mm-hmm. much the same of all new metal songs. There's a there's a personal connection somewhere. Obviously, this this has things in similar with with Papa Roach last result, which we both chose as a winner. Yeah. I, I, I just wanted to know as much as possible about this and the stuff that I've read. That that moved me, you know, all over again. And I, I messaged somebody saying like, 
the the song alone was enough but then just reading about Chester and his life and mm-hmm. the the stuff that he went through and the, the the sort of trouble life that he had from very very young was was devastating and, and and also to read about the I don't know if you saw this but Charles Andrew Williams the um the 15 year old who killed two of his classmates in a school shooting oh, wow. and he he wrote on a note to his dad trying to explain how he was feeling he, he wrote the lines I tried so hard and got so far but in the end it doesn't really matter and that sent me again that sent me again to, to get into the song I've got vivid memories of watching the video of this of seeing that tower that's uh-huh. in the video I can vividly see that because I had a uh, my mum had a friend come over once and, and had like one of the MTV channels on that was one of the more grungy rocky ones I guess like MTV2 or MTV alternate or something and um, I remember being so freaked out by this <laughs> and Limp Bizkit yeah. and all that kind of stuff but now and I, I never could have got it because all I saw was a man screaming off a, off the edge of a cliff or the mm-hmm. edge of the edge of a tower, and just that must have been very odd for a five year old. But now it's just um, just like you know, I've, I've I've felt hopeless and I've felt defeated and I've felt like things don't matter. And um, now the song speaks to me like it never could have done it, five year old. Yeah, it's weird. I one of the things that I love the most about it is I feel like it's got all of the elements of new metal. Yeah, but with a really powerful singing voice with that mosh rasp to it yeah and i think that's kind of what's missing from some of the other tracks that we've done so far but there is something really unique and really special about the way chester performs and there's something that connects with you because everything that he sings sounds real yeah you know it really does sound real and you know i know sometimes people write stories that are stories based on you know people around them but there's something about this really rings true with them it just really connects with you and it's it's sad it's beautiful it's poignant it's real all in one and it's it's such a connecting song that it's timeless yeah i think if you lump this in with the rest of new metal and it is like if, if you make that limp biscuit you know connection mm-hmm. this this kind of drags all that stuff down it makes all that stuff seem very uncredible yeah it does yeah this this kind of deserves its own label doesn't it this mm-hmm. this isn't this should this should never be shoulder to shoulder with like fred durst no what you know like what chester and mike shinoda do their vocals where they complement each other and just the the lyrical integrity of this entire thing the integrity of all of it you know from the instruments to the to the lyrics to the production to the fact that it got remixed in, in the next year and made it into a more hip-hop kind of track by Cutmaster kurt yeah this this is phenomenal and I, I just I'm never not going to be moved by it in some way whenever I've listened to it since and I have put some quite a lot during the week since I've done my prep and I just every time it just makes us feel in a different emotion to anything we've had so far like a lot of my winners so far have been very like if they've been emotional they've been kind of euphoric whereas this is much more doomy yeah. I, I've really leaned into that this week and I've really I've really enjoyed being in respective this week it makes you search your soul have you felt validated by it? Uh, in what way? Like, does it connect with you and make it feel like that in your life the bits of it that you think are relevant to you are really being told by somebody from the same position as you? Mm, it's it's I, I'm not I'm not sure I don't I don't the thing is at the minute I don't feel anything like anything this song portrays at the moment yeah things are going all right things the, the start of this year has been pretty good for me so I, I I haven't been in that place yet but I do feel if I do go back to that place as happens. Because you know emotions are quite volatile and they are quite all over the place. I'm sure this will be a track that means a lot to me when I do get back to that area. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that is exactly what the crack is. It connects with people, and we're going back to that word. But I, I honestly think that it it validates so many people's thoughts and thoughts that were suppressed by parents and school teachers yeah. for such a long period of time. This is actually freeing for people because it's like, oh, thank fuck, somebody's saying it, and somebody's saying it, but somebody really means it. And not only do they mean it, but it comes from somewhere real. And that's what makes this song so special. 
before we move to the next few tracks, I will say that when I listened to this, it reminded me of the fact that there was a song on the film that the, the um, Lonely Island made in 2017 called Popstar and Linkin Park actually feature on a track that's called Things in My Jeep. <laughs> a golf club, basketball, bug spray, a laundry heap, a pocket knife, a battery. These are the things in my Jeep. Which um, is just like a sort of new metal piss taken in kind of oh God. where one of the group because it pop stars about a boy band and one of them goes off solo and starts making like sort of more doomy new metal stuff and like you know rap rock and um, it's just a list of things that he has in his car just to make mundane things like lottery tickets and bits of paper and um, condoms and stuff but Chester Bennington actually features on that track so it's, it's actually a Linkin Park track it's probably one it's probably one of the last Linkin Park tracks and it's Chester Bennington talking about things in a Jeep oh, amazing. and it's, uh, it's it's really wonderful it's worth searching out if you want it so let's get into a new week it's the 21st of October 2001 a big week for tech because Apple launched the iPod Whoa. and Windows released XP wow. two big things that would, would go on to be huge parts of our life Windows XP is it the last good Windows operating system? It very well could be, because that was elite. And since then, Windows 7, Windows 8, and Windows 10. Ugh, Microsoft, get your shit together. But the iPod, you know, where would we be without the iPod and, and Apple's various things? Apple have pissed me off the last few weeks because my MacBook is going haywire. It keeps crashing by itself. It keeps making other programs crash. I'm a bit pissed off, but also, could I live without Apple products now? Have they? Am I now in fully entwined within their corporate logic? Yeah, I think I probably am. I'm a corporate slave. <laughs> Damn it. Do you know what? I'm looking at a Mac that is an example of how much of a nightmare it is because I'm on a I'm on a laptop. I'm on a Windows laptop from work, but I'm in a radio studio where there is a massive, you know, one of the old thick Macs. Yeah. And yeah. it's it can't be used because you can't turn it on. You can turn it on, but you can't log into it because the software is out of date. So yeah, somebody's trousers are getting pulled down there for this computer. Yeah. Well, it's 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 made this whole room void yeah. because we need to buy another computer for it so that's why I'm in the room right now because of Apple's processes thank you very much for giving me a soundproof room yeah it's absurd isn't it anyway some tracks that didn't quite make the top 10 this week there was three ones that stood out to me let's go to the one number 15 Wide Boys featuring Dennis G Sam Buka well I saw you girl from across the room you had your eyes on me I had my eyes on you we went to the bar Sam Buka you gave me your number and you took what a classic. This I is a UKG anthem. And I was so upset that this wasn't a top 10. I was no. expecting to see this at some point and it was a 15. This is great. I mean, I, I, I wasn't old enough to drink Sambuco when I was five. Now I am and I love it. And um, and this this song entwines that with Garage. I mean, what's not to love? This is so good. There's so many different versions of it that went about though, which is a problem. So it was messy. Uh, this era of this track was messy. Yeah. But yeah, this is definitely like an absolute banger for me. I love this. And I still, I actively try find ways to put UKG into my show simply to play this one mm, on a dance station yeah. and I know there, I know there's a very close bit but my actual UKG collection for radio purposes is small mm. so what have I got I've got Daniel Beddingfield got to get through this which has to be whipped out a bit of T2 and Jodie Aisha heartbroken yeah. so there's, there's there's very and it's all because I want to play that one yeah. so I have to whip stuff out yeah. number 16 this week was from Lisa Lefty Lopez called The Block Party we haven't got a clip because it's not on Spotify but this was significant it was, the, it was the first and only solo single from Lisa while she was alive because she died in April 2002 
too. Heartbreaking. And I think this song is, is such a good start for her. It's it, it, I'd be curious to know what else was up her sleeve. Um, it's a shame that it was brought to an end so abruptly. Yeah. Yeah. And we mentioned Upside Down last week because you said that All Stars wasn't in 18s, which is, 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 is right. The follow-up single was not a top 10. It was number 30 in the UK, although it was a number one in Sweden, uh, halfway around the world. Did you get a chance to listen to this? What did you make of it? Um, I don't remember it. No. It didn't really do much for me, really. No. But I can... It just... It feels like... I love the fact it was number one in their home country because it feels like they were really successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love yeah. it whenever people do well in their home places. In the album's chart, Kylie was knocked at number two by Steps Gold. Ooh. Ooh. And in the singles chart, she was also dethroned by this. <laughs> Afro Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious to see how this goes because I think my I think my thoughts have changed over the week. The track is called Because I Got High. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. Uh, my room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. This might be one of the most confusing songs that we've had the whole time, and it's not because I'm high. Oh, actually, saying that I am on some Eurofan Plus, oh, so yeah. maybe I am da, slightly high, the highest da, da. I've ever been in my life, to be fair. Uh, this is from his Because I Got High album, and it's a song about how cannabis use degrades quality of life. Mm. I was kind of dreading this because in my head I thought, oh, it's going to be another one of them songs that's just about, like, ha, ha, let's all get get high and stuff. Ah. And I'm confused about whether it's, you know, my life has been destroyed because I got high, because when you listen to the lyrics about it, it talks about the negative side effects of decisions that have been made while high. And you kind of think, actually, the whole way through, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, don't get high, kids. Don't get high, kids. Don't get high, kids. You then come over a very questionable lyric about being paraplegic. Yes. Um, and I'm a bit like, mm, you're you're saying that. That's quite serious. But actually what that's done is identify the tone of the rest of it as still being a bit humorous. Yeah. And if you listen to the audio, I still think that it's still very, don't get high kids, don't get high kids. But then when you watch the music video, they very much take the piss out of it. Yes. And it kind of undoes what the audio does. So I'm in a really strange camp with it, but I don't hate it as much as I did. I don't want the... <laughs> use of the word paraplegic in the context that he's done no but I remember thinking at the time this was cool even though I don't smoke anything like that yeah what do you think so this was a a bluetooth classic when I was in high school (laughs) so we all we'd all have this on our phones we'd all all walk back from school listening to it and laughing along like you know the now I'm jacking off line that's just funny even though back then we probably didn't really know what jacking off was or or really what high getting high was uh-huh. we knew about getting drunk we knew about getting drunk because you know like our pet pa- you know our parents would drink but they wouldn't smoke or take drugs in front of us so we knew we, we didn't we didn't know we didn't know enough about this don't really understand it properly we just kind of laughed along because it's just funny I listened to this on the bus again the same the same bus journey as Lincoln Park it must have gone from Lincoln Park to this which is odd um, and I just chuckled I just chuckled like an absolute loon the entire time I think like any good drug awareness program and I'm thinking of the one in the program community where 
it leads you into a false sense of security and makes you think they are sort of um, trivialising it and, and, and almost promoting it and kind of like, you know, because the, the first few examples it gives are quite just relatable and not that serious. Like, oh, you know, didn't clean my room. Oops. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, never mind. Because no one likes cleaning their room. Then it gets serious because he's getting his legs bashed in by the police and, and, as you say, becomes paraplegic. Then he's also running away from the police. Then he's also not paying child support. Now he's homeless. And it does become more serious in tone while also being quite still a bit wink-wink, nudge-nudge about the whole thing. I yeah. see the video kind of... The video is a bit of a contradiction towards the lyrics of the song. I think the way you can tell that this is a condemnation of drugs is that in 2014 he made one that was in support of drugs <laughs> oh shit problems with glaucoma but then i got high uh, smell the cannabis aroma and i got glaucoma is getting better and i know why why because i got because i got because i got in 2014, he made the positive remix, which was to promote the legalization of marijuana. But actually, if you listen to that, it's not a bit the, the, the benefits that he lists about why it should be legalized aren't like it makes you get all fucked up. It's it actually talks about it's a treatment for glaucoma. It stops you wanting to drink booze and get Xanax and cigarettes. And um, yeah, so actually, it, it's Afro man on balance from these two songs seems like he has good morals. I've I've seen things that he's done in clubs and stuff where he's punched somebody and maybe he's not got brilliant morals completely. Nobody's perfect, but I, I think for what this is and for what that remix is, it all seems quite tasteful. And I can I I I, I don't object to it. No, which is weird because like I don't object to the song, and actually I am for the legalization of it. You know what I mean? Yes. So and this is me never having done it, but I understand. The benefits to certain people and yes. you know sugar can be addictive and cause you to spiral for different reasons obviously yeah. com- not comparable but both addictive yeah i'm i'm not in a, like do i love it not really and lyric you know the best thing about it is the lyrics actually the production of it sounds like if you put a newbie on ableton yeah. and said make a take tech house track it sounds like the first attempt at a tech house track and they've never <laughs> finished it yeah. so you know, it, it is, as a song, it's actually pretty shit, but lyrically, it's quite good. Yeah, you could see it as I was going to make a really good beat, but I got high. Yeah, and that's that's why it's not. Yeah, that's probably the genius of it, actually. I, yeah, I, I think it would be weird if this had a really well produced track. I think it makes sense that it's very minimal and very scratchy and very yeah, like sort of thin. Look, it was number one for three weeks. It got Kylie off top spot three weeks at number one. Big deal. Seventy first biggest song of the decade in America. Uh, sorry, in in the UK. Seventy one in the UK is, a, is is pretty big. Wow. It's got a Kevin Smith directed music video. Who was a you know big cult comedy uh, filmmaker back. In the day, Grammy nominated up against DMX, Jay Z, Nelly, and obviously the eventual uh, winner, Missy Elliott. I love that Missy Elliott was the winner in that category of like yeah. DMX, Jay Z, Nelly, and uh, Afro Man. That's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think this is, just, this is funny. It's 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 it feels kind of timeless to me, and I really I like his voice. Yeah, I think. He he could feature on tracks now. There's an artist, Thundercat, who I mentioned before. He did a track with Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald, and I think like Afro Man's voice would have been great as part of a remix of that. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I I I'm I'm totally good with this. Yeah, I like it a lot. Like his vocals, but I'm gonna say what everybody else is saying. Scrap the 2014 version. We need a version of this. This is because I took acid, and we need to hear that version then. <laughs> Featuring Chemical Brothers. Yep, that's the one for me. 2022 Afro Man, get on the production. 
Let's get into the closest thing to Prince that isn't Prince. The <laughs> title is even a reference to this. So expectations are pretty high. How could they not be for the first single of Britney's new era and the third album called Britney? She's finding herself uh, in a very peculiar, snake, sweaty kind of way. <laughs> this is Britney, and I'm a slave for you. This is the lead single from her third album, Britney, produced by Chad Hugo and Pharrell Williams of The Neptunes. Yeah. And I get the feeling, based on the videos and things like this, we're going around that Britney might want to see My Python. Ooh. I think she would really enjoy just having a sneak peek at it and seeing you know, the size, length, girth, the colouring and all of that kind of cracking. I think she'd be impressed if she had that look. Yours is black, isn't it? It's darker than what hers was, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I've got a bit of uh, like a, a darker tinge to mine, but... Yeah, I think she'd be impressed. Just for clarification, there's a picture on our social media at uh, TNN Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter just to see what Scott's talking about. It isn't his penis, it's actually a real snake. Anyway. My penis? Um, You're so rude. <laughs> this, um, for, for Britney, being a number four, mm, it's, um, it's it, for, for, a, for a first single off an album, I know it's a, it's a tricky week coming against Afro Man and, and Kylie and stuff, but yeah, number four for Britney, that's got to be a bit of a blow. This was weird for me, and I remember it being weird because it was a bit like, if you ever watch scary movies, like, too dirty. It was a bit too dirty. Too and then dirty, when I looked yeah. at it today, it's not actually that dirty. <sighs> the, the sound effects in it are dirty. Lyrically, it's not as dirty as what I thought it was going to be no. I thought this was all about I thought this was about I'm a slave for you and my head immediately went to the bedroom kinky 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 mm. but it is actually about to do it's meant to be about losing yourself with somebody on the dance floor yeah. opening up that way so it isn't actually necessarily about sex even though she does the bite the air thing that we've discussed yeah. so many times let's listen to her bite the air <laughs> So that was a big massive hook. Plus the fact the tone of her voice changed at the time and we were like, why are you speaking not like this? You're sounding really weird. So <laughs> she sounded weirder. David. Considering she sounded weird anyway. <laughs> Greg David. Yeah, so there's a there's a, a, a Britney Bo Spears yeah. here, you know what I mean? A bit of a Bo Selective Spears. But it was strange and it was, it was just a shock to the system. It was very grown up and there was a lot of pressure. Like we said with Michael Jackson, he could never have done anything yeah. to make You Rock My World the biggest track in the world because yeah. it was Michael Jackson. Britney was pretty much in a, a similar position where you're on the third album now. She cannot win at this point. No. Really. There's no. not much you can do. Like, she's she's whipped out Pharrell, for God's sake. Yeah. And she, she, she'd come off the back of doing two very similar albums. You know, she got criticism for that second album for making it sound so much like the first one. So she had, she had a twist, and this feels like a logical progression. You know, she's 19 year old. She's had this virginal schoolgirl look. The, the the logical thing to do is to tear all that away and, and you know, and and mature and, and do it in such a shocking way that people had to take notice. And I think you, you, you can't ignore this, can you? No. When I listened to it first, it kind of made me feel uncomfortable, but kind of in, a, in an interesting way. I kind of felt like that was always going to be the plan. How could it not be for a Disney star doing this? It, it was It was always going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. It's button pushing, and it does kind of get me a little bit 
hot and sweaty and I mean the, the video helps that massively because it, the whole thing is drenched in sweat because at one point the guy even turns the bottle upside down there's nothing in the bottle and you can, I, I feel that mm-hmm. it looks like a really sweaty like they've turned the air, air con off and they've whacked the heating right up yeah. and they're all just kind of writhing around does it make, does it feel though because she's a Disney star and this is such a visually aggressively sexual change up it feels a bit pedo baby it feels a bit like they're sort of clawing on the, the, the pound of the, the, the Britney fans who never really got, never let go of that Mickey Mouse club image she had when she was like a child. That's only a thing to rich people because like people like me didn't have the Mickey Mouse club. So uh, Britney Spears, one more time to me, was this brand new pop star that I'd never seen before. Yeah. And I didn't know what the Disney club was. You know, I wasn't interested. It made no difference to me. I never saw nor experienced that. I think, you know, we've complained through some of her tracks that they weren't very driven by feminism whereas what we've got here now is we've got Britney taking control yeah. and she's happy to go to the dance floor and lead a guy and be that slave and stuff and she's making those decisions and there is more adult content than this this is like a really strong thing for her I think we have to scrap chart position for her because it, yeah it's, it's a weird song but you know balls are in the air for this song mm. like to come onto your third album and to be able to keep that momentum going is a big deal because by third albums well second albums make or break you don't they but the third album if you're still going is is a challenge in itself but I think she's done really well here the hot and sweaty video kind of reminds me of like my first holiday to Tenerife because (laughs) it kind of looks a little bit where she is and on the balconies it all looks a bit grubby which was my first self-catering experience without any air conditioning Mm. and it was sticky it was hot there was like bumping together of people and all sorts of crack but it's very kind of relatable but I did not have that sort of a tan. I was like the milk bottle around the pool was actually very pale. I'm not that pale now and I've never been that pale, but my first holiday, I was white. Like I was (laughs) Irish white. It was bad. Um, It was not good. But the VMA performance you've got for her, you've got um, big, massive jungle vibes. You've got a white tiger. She does whip out that python as well. So it's funny how like this was a number four. It was very much criticised at the time for being too different. And then it's actually been regarded as one of her most you know, highly regarded songs yeah, now all yeah. these years mm-hmm. later, mostly because of the VMA performance. But generally, if you said Britney, how quickly would people go, I'm a slave for you? I think... I think pretty quickly, one, yeah. One, yeah, yeah. one, two or three tracks, potentially, yeah. yeah. I think so. Uh-huh. I, I, I love the Neptune's production on this. It's, it is so different to the Max Martin sound. Yeah. People, I guess, would have, would have expected more Max Martin stuff. She totally wrong-footed them and gave them this. I mean, don't there, there is Max Martin stuff on the record elsewhere, but yeah. th- for this being the lead, it's kind of a real, you know, no, this is this is Britney doing dirty before Christina did dirty. So she yeah. got the lead on her kind of like you know pop. I know they weren't rivals, but you know like, it, it, in the media's eyes they were pop rivals, and, and Britney kind of stole a lead here. No, I, I like that she takes control of the narrative in some ways. She had to take a lot of flack for this. There was I was reading about the the Parents Association of America. They they urged people to boycott her because she was a, a, a irresponsible and a bad role model to young girls. There was a wife of a Maryland governor who said that if she had the chance, she would shoot Britney. <gasps> which is, you know, a, 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 a absurd American overreaction to things. Mm. And I mentioned Prince earlier. I, I, I'll, men- I'll mention Janet Jackson first because she was intended to have this first for the album All For You, which we obviously covered. Um, she passed on it and Britney got it. I think this, this is, this, I'm glad Britney got this. Yeah, and I think it would be, wouldn't have gone, wouldn't, wouldn't have made much of a mark if it was Janet. So I nah. think we, we, she's done, she's done more provocative than this. This doesn't really make sense. I imagine they must have rewritten some bits for Janet for for Britney from Janet though surely 
because so much of this makes sense to Brittany's story and like nobody expected me to step into this world sort of thing like Janet was already in this world yeah and Janet wouldn't you wouldn't have called Janet a little girl all you no. people look at me yeah it would be a bit weird to refer to Janet as that but I wonder how much truth's in that story uh, yeah. we've, we've mentioned the, the, the prince title has a reference um, it's been compared to Vanity 6 which was a prince project and enemy said the song is funk the way God intended hypnotic insistent mysterious suggestive and if Prince was a 19 year old former Disney club host and virgin he'd be proud to create such a record <laughs> <laughs> and the video's got belly dancing um, related assistance from Prince's ex-wife yeah, okay, cool. so as part of the Prince canon this this stacks up nicely and fits in quite well I think for, for Prince fans it may have been a hard realisation that they would probably go on to like a Britney Spears song because of music snobbery sort of thing yeah. hopefully that, that wasn't a thing but I imagine there will have been some who found it difficult to like this but there's I think there's so much to like if you're a Prince fan or just a fan of music and, and pop music it's a it's a big cultural moment yeah I'm thinking I'm still unsure as to how much this I would listen if it was in a playlist it still could get a skip mm. you know what I mean so far through my favourite parts of it are probably the Boop, 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 like that yeah. you know, the, all of the bits that are the Neptunes yeah. I do sing along with it I used to jokingly pretend not to pretend to be Britney but like <laughs> our song with the words I used, to, I used to do impressions of her with the I'm a slave for you. Yeah. so like the real drag of the notes and all of that we used to like take the piss out of the something shocking when we were younger <laughs> but at the same time we actually enjoyed it and it yes. wasn't like a anti-Britney thing it was no. just <laughs> do you remember that song that went because <laughs> uh, that's the way that it sounded but yeah, I think this is I think this is good. I think it's underrated. In a different market it might have got higher than number four, but yeah, it was a shock for people because of the change of sound yeah. back then. But one that she really needed to do and I think that it's I'd say it's paid off for her in many respects, but you know, we're in a weird position with Britney at the moment. But mm. I'm glad she's done this. I do think this is underrated. And finally, this is a big single for Mystique, who've had a big year so far, generally, because yeah. they, they exploded on the scene with some R&B turned garage, then they embraced the garage, and now this one kind of lies somewhere in the middle, because if you watch the video for this one, the UK version, um, it starts off R&B, and then just goes full garage. It's um, it's quite a joy. This is Mystique, and One Night Stand. third single from the debut album Licking on Both Sides mm. uh, they've got back out of the mirror they get sucked to yeah. the last time we spoke about them <laughs> and I've got this down as an intro juice yeah. love it Stargate production mm-hmm. until it turns to a Sunship production like yes. Liam said yeah. but yeah I like I feel bad that I have not engaged with Mystique the way that I wish I had done as a 17 year old lad mm, you know what I mean yeah, yeah. music makes you feel so vulnerable and I kind of wish I'd have been more open minded like I love Mystique Really, but now I think now they could have got my money yeah. for some of their tracks. Mm. Like I could have actually, because I, I wasn't a big buyer. I was a compilation buyer. Um, I always bought compilations, but I could have potentially bought some. We've got more of Alicia singing. Yeah. We still got a rap in, but we've got some more singing from her, which is good. Harmonies again are really good. You got some good hooks in that as well. Yeah. You got ding ding first round. Yeah, and uh, lots more girl power. 
Um, I'm really pleased with where this track goes. I think it's great. I, I'm not sure there's much to say, really. I think the, the beat is very nice and atmospheric and tense. It's an, it's almost like a nice precursor to where Scandalous goes in 2003. This yeah. feels like a sort of a prequel to that. The the Stargate production is excellent, as you say. The Sunship is very similar to All I Want. I think I think even samples All I Want in the video when it goes into the UKG. But mm-hmm. the actual songs on Spotify, they don't have that mixed together, much the same as the All I Want thing didn't have the mix where it went from Garage to R&B. I wish it was on Spotify because I like both those versions a lot. Yeah, this kind of completes the UKG trilogy that they've had across this year. Yeah. They're a very unique group and I think they've got so much more stuff to, to do. They've been compared to Jumpin' Jumpin', both the song and the video, okay, yeah. um, Destiny Child, which is quite a big compliment. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, no, this 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 capped a very good year for them. The album comes out next week, I believe, as far as we're concerned with the, with the series. They performed this at the Brits. They were nominated for Best British Breakthrough Act, lost to Blue, but that's not... That's certainly no no mean feat to be in the same category as them. I think that the group dynamics work really well. Still, Sue Elise and her absence uh, of any solo parts confuses me and judging by the comments it confuses most people but I, I will say that I enjoyed watching the live performance of this because I think most of the performances I saw they did perform it totally live mm-hmm. and um, Sabrina, Alicia their solo bits are fab and as you say when they come together it's um, it's really nicely utilised yeah it does work well and actually this performed better in America number 5 in the UK but got number 4 on the dance club chart <laughs> in, uh, in America That's which meant. is pretty huge I love the fact that they're taking control and what they're saying is they're kind of like they're taking control of the, the manic and they're dancing with them yeah. taking control emphasising it's just the dance and they kind of are like very clear about you know if it's going to be if anything more than this is going to happen it's on my terms and it will be a one night, one night stand mate yeah. and they're the ones that are like I'm not going to call you tomorrow and that's quite refreshing because we have seen some positive movements in terms of feminism from 2000 to 2001 but I think songs like this just kind of cement that and give people that extra encouragement as girls to be confident in what you're doing and what you're saying to other people. In the video, we get Ferraris and uh, Range Rovers, whereas we've seen a lot of Audi TTs and things like that and BMWs. Mm. It's nice to see Ranges pull up. They pull up in a club. You've got a good breakdown. And I did watch the Brit performance, which I really enjoyed because there is a big breakdown and stuff in it and they they smash it. Yeah. Like they, they really own the stage, which is really good. So happy, happy, happy with the stick here. Okay, we're at that point where we choose winners. Um, do you know where you are, Scott? Do you know where you're at? Do you know what's going on? No, I don't. I will say it's been a good week. It's been a very good week. Yeah, it has been. I think whenever whenever I look on paper, it doesn't look that great. Mm. And then whenever I listen to the songs, it sounds great. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. when you talk about them, it, it pulls a few things in different directions. So yeah. there's three different angles here. Do you have a sort of... Right, so in fourth place... I'm going to do, and this sounds weird because I've, uh, people are going to expect this to be higher. Britney Spears, I'm a slave for you. I'm then going to bring it in third place, one that I do want to kind of be higher. I want it to be in a different week so it can win. Mystique, one night start. then I'm in a very difficult position here because I've got these two fighting it out and flicking away between each other for number one and I'm thinking do do I play the game and do one hoping that you'll go where I think you're going to go go with your heart don't worry about me don't worry about me go with my heart don't say those words right Uh, go with with your heart uh, tell it to my heart right then if I'm going tell me I'm the only one 
So I thought the one's flawless was going to be a contender for Roger Sanchez for you. But obviously, I think you've had a very significant connection with another one. Mm. And I don't want I don't want to look back at a spreadsheet where the one's flawless wasn't an episode winner. But it's not going to be because it's going to be second. My episode winner is going to be Lincoln Park in the end. I tried so hard and got so far. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. I had to fall to lose it all. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. You just got to go, go, go with you. Yeah. And, and, and I know that I, you, you, you seem to have me figured out, which is interesting. No, I think always go with what you want. Yeah. Always go with how you feel. And I, and, I, and I know it would be agonising if the ones wasn't on there. Not to say that it, might, it, it very well could be. But um, no, it, it would be a shame. However, go with what you feel. Go with what you feel. I want to give Flawless such a nod because it's flawless. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the depth in Linkin Park and the connectivity of it to people and the realness of it um, and the way that it's changed for people in the last four years is, is significant. You know what I mean? So, yeah. How many is going to... I feel bad for Michael Jackson and Usher, actually, and yeah. Afro-Man, you've just been shunned. Right, Liam, hit me with your order. Where are you going? Okay. In fifth, I'm going Britney. I'm a slave for you. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Go with me. And that shows what a strong week has been. Yeah. Y- 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 you-, you may have issue with this next one in fourth afro man because i got high <laughs> my room is still messed up and i know why why man yeah because i got high because i got high because i got high do you have any objections to that? I don't have objections from it being in your final list, but I do think that Britney should probably be above it. Eh. But you know, it's opinion here, isn't it? Ultimately, they're not winners, so it doesn't matter, really. In third, I'm also putting Mystique One Night Stand. Temptations, sensations, vibrations, You are right when you say that the ones flawless would have been a contender for Roger Sanchez. You really are. Yeah. But it's just, it's 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 unfortunate that it's this week and it's number two. And based on what I've said, how could Linkin Park not be the winner this week? Is that the same top three then? Yep, same top three. And, and, and if I hadn't had Afro Man there, it would have been same top four, but I've slid it in there. It's so weird that removing Afro Man, any of the top fours really could have been episode winners. Yeah. It's it's that same thing of a few weeks ago where anything could have won, um, and it's a shame that they're all in the same week. It's just unfortunate oh, how man. it's turned out. Ah, uh, it's a shame though because I know there'll be some weeks in the future where there's bloody nothing. Yeah, and um, we'd we'd love we'd love a ones flawless to slip in there, which would have you know take taken it easily. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we 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 can't rewrite history. We can't. No. All we can do is go with the flow and uh, and pick some series winners. Scott, you uh, only recently chose Kylie. Yeah. Now I think a song has come along that maybe we didn't expect to be so significant. Because you see it on the screen and you kind of think, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. And you listen to it and, you, and your heart pours out to it. And then and I think actually now this is probably much harder for both of us than we mm-hmm. would have seen. Um, Linkin Park is the contender against Kylie. I'll give you a drone. 
you're right, this has thrown a real spanner into the works very, very quickly. And I do feel like there's a whole world of people that don't actually know who Linkin Park are, and they would know this song, but I feel like there's still a world of people that could be convinced. Kylie does sit in its own pot because of the impact. It did make or break the US. I still think the words in Linkin Park are massive. The words in Can't Get Out of My Head are limited, but I'm still gonna stick with Kylie for that one word chorus and the impact that it's had. But I need to say this is the close this is probably the closest dilemma that I've had mm. and I'm kind of hoping something else happens here. Yeah, okay, I'm sticking with Kylie, can't get out of my head. Yeah, sometimes less is more. Yeah. It's a weird comparison though because the more of Linkin Park is so much more and the less of Kylie is is equally so much less. But yeah. It's it's funny because the the two are quite diametrically opposed in terms of meaning because Linkin Park is so heavy and Kylie is kind of in, in comparison very flimsy and very uh... yeah which is weird you never thought that quickly we would say that about a Kylie track put up against something else yeah so, yeah. Um, but yeah so like like, don't get me wrong Linkin Park in the end absolutely amazing like it is really really good yeah uh, I don't I don't have I don't even have the words to describe what my head's thinking I think that there is there's a feeling yeah. for Kylie and I don't know whether I'm still feeling with my pecker <laughs> but you know, there, yeah, there's, there's that. So maybe I'm being led by blood. Yeah, Liam, drone. I don't envy you. It's funny when you say it, we've both got very lyrically simple songs, and then when you put them against Lincoln Park, you know, it does it does make our current winner seem very insignificant by comparison. I think Rod, Roger does its own thing. I, I, I do. I, I want to take a time now to talk to Roger and reach out to him and just and just have a chat and catch up, right? We've we've been through a lot together. We've been through. I think now it's ten or eleven weeks. It's my longest winner so far. I've fought off some big songs to keep Roger. I think I did think that it was going to go the distance. I wrote that list, and it was all based on things that could beat Roger Sanchez. And I didn't see this one coming particularly. I mean, I was drunk, as I said, when I wrote the list, so I didn't really see much. I still love you, Roger. And I think what you've done with that track to to nail down its beauty in such a simple form, to transform something that was quite miserable and quite like depressing, to make it uplifting, to give it hope, to give it spirit, I think you're a genius. I think you're an absolute genius. And what I'm about to do doesn't discredit your work at all. And you'll always have been my winner for a long time. And in in another world, it would it would be the case that you did go on for nine years, but. Lincoln Park has come along and it has totally, totally blindsided me and it's made me feel things. This decision was made very quickly earlier in the week and I've had time to think about it and reflect and think, are you doing the right thing here? And there's been no knowing feeling, no nothing telling me that it was a bad idea. I'm changing Lincoln Park in the end is my new series winner. The first few words of that was that point in a relationship whenever you know that's the breakup speech and somebody's breaking up with you. Mm. That So the minute you started speaking, I was like, shit, it's gone. Yeah. You've, you've got rid of another chance. I, on a personal, completely selfish note, I'm really pleased now you didn't change to can't get you out of my head. I know you are. <laughs> and as soon as you said that, I thought, I'm feeding into what he wants me to do and I don't like doing that. Cause, <laughs> but no, that, 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 that's fully how I feel. That's fully what I wanted to do. And it's fully what I've wanted to do all week. Yeah. It's, 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 it's unfortunate, but this is the nature of the show. Yeah things come and go and I know and I know I'm giving a hard time for chopping and changing but like 
no, nobody can begrudge me for doing this because it's such a, a significant track. No, absolutely not. As you say, people may not know Linkin Park, but they can be convinced. And mm-hmm. I think this is this is enough of an in- entry level track. Yeah. And I, and actually, I've I've been critical of entry level tracks before for not going hard enough. Like what Iron Maiden or somebody on the show, and I was like, oh, I wish it went harder. Actually, this Linkin Park track goes just the level of hard that you want it to go to to not dilute the message of it. I think the message here is so clear. It's also a thing you can thrash to and jam to. Yeah. And I wouldn't want it any harder than this because I think it it already goes hard enough while also still being quite engaging for the general audience I think lots of spreadsheets are going to change right now Me and too. I think we're going yeah. to see that name come up in a lot of spreadsheets for a, a prolonged period of time mm-hmm. um, I think I have no doubt as much as I was sitting nervous when you were speaking and I can see you today as well because yeah. um, sometimes you're not on the screen because the tabs have got open um, but I could see you and I was biting my fist so yeah <laughs> correct correct decision yeah. there you go you can sleep tonight finally there you go and I, and I no longer feel bad about Kylie yeah it's done and and, and, and now and now it makes me think about the, the list of songs that I had written down as to how how, how can any of them possibly compete with this mm-hmm. when this is so lyrically hefty and so significant and important like is the is is the quite trivial nature of Nelly Furtado promiscuous ever going to really like <laughs> how how could I how could I possibly sit here and try and say that that's better than this yeah that's 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 what my brain's been going through this week so this this could be a big moment for the series we take it all very seriously because of the nature of the podcast but generally it is fun it is hard work for us but in the end it doesn't really matter <laughs> God <laughs> you're gonna make us cry unless somebody, I spent hours unless somebody wants to sponsor thing. the podcast and then it matters and we'll yeah, take it really yeah, seriously yeah, 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 and we'll yeah. take your money and buy some nice things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so what do you think please do let us know what you think uh, we do a listener's choice poll every week this week's gonna be very hard mm-hmm. it's gonna be like it's gonna be Linkin Park Mystique uh, The Ones and Britney that's a really tough week and this week was very tricky too and it was it was very close in the end Obi Moose said Mary J Blige all the way anything else is just hateration <laughs> quite right well. Unfortunately, she finished bottom on yeah. 20.9%, although it was very close, as you'll see. Some 41 Fat Lip and Chain Reaction joined second on 256 and I think just one or two more votes ahead was Liberty oh, and Thinking It Over, oh. which won on 27.9. It kind of kept flipping all week. I think at one point Steps was ahead, at one point Liberty was ahead, and in the end, it was Liberty that won. Weirdly, they were untaggable as well. Yes, aye, they? So- aye. They, they, they've got no social accounts and stuff, so mm-hmm. aye, interesting. We'll do another one this Saturday on social. I now work on Saturday morning, so it, the, the, the time it goes live is always going to depend on when I wake up from my nap, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Grandad Liam. Yeah. Uh, we want to hear from you, though, please, as always. We, we, we would love you to share. We want to grow this family. We'll not forget about you. We'll keep you all in. Yeah. But you can get us at TNN Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and email us if you've got messages or you want to send us a voicemail to hello at tnnpod.co.uk. That's hello at tnnpod.co.uk. Dot co dot uk. Thank you very much. Next time we are going to have podcast debuts for Alicia Keys, Dandy Warhols, IO featuring Nadia Ali, plus the return of Gabrielle and Jennifer Lopez. And they've been operating as four plus cardboard cutout for a little while now. So we'll discuss the breakup and breakdown of Five with their final single. Oh, if Linkin Park didn't make you cry, the Five music video might. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>